When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Morning, everyone. It is Friday morning. We are in. The Toolkit Depot studio and the rotating chairs of the co-host continues. He's back after a couple of days absent and now I talk of former West Coast Eagles superstar, horse owner, handy cricketer, Brad Shepard. It's good to be back, Goss. <laughs> Did you miss us? Can you just read those again? Oh, no, I just felt good there for a ad-lib- bit. Ad-libbed, mate. Straight to the top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to be back. Good yeah. to be back Where in the studio. Where did you go? Where did you go, Brad? So I went to a place 700 kilometres east of Kalgoorlie. Wow. Middle of the desert there. Is it a, a direct a flight? Camp. Direct D- flight? Direct flight, yes, for a um, Tropicana gold mine. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Yes, I went there to give a bit of a... Bit of a chat about my story, about uh, about my past, and trying to connect with all the the workers out there, and um, that, that, is, that has hit four million ounces of gold. So wow. it's a bit of a celebration. Okay, in simple terms, and I'm being the nicest, and you can spin it how you like. Yep. I'm intrigued by this type of stuff. Yep. Do they engage? So when you're speaking, because yep. when I've gone on mining tours, and I've done a couple of well, done a, a week long one with the Gov and a few of the other boys, um, when I've gone on them. The care factor sometimes think, do they really want to hear the stories? Do they really want to buy the, you know, the memorabilia? Or do, you know, many do. Don't get me wrong. Many, many do. And there are some that you just, they just see the over there and they just go, oh, there's Brad Chip. Don't care. Yeah, mate. Uh, well, I'm glad you asked that. There was a lot of bums on seats oh, when, I, when I spoke. Yeah, um, that's good. No, nah, there's, I, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, there, there is part, a portion of the crowd that, Want to do? They've worked. They're working fourteen hour days. So the last, probably last thing they want to hear is a, is a has been rocking up on stage and having a chat about their career and trying to glorify it, glorify it as much as they can. But yeah, it was actually quite a quite a good crowd interaction. I think when you open up to the floor as well and get crowd engagement, yeah, just cool. be be candid, be as honest as you can. Because a lot of West Coast supporters in, in, yeah. the, in the state of WA and. People want answers and people want to know uh, just about what, what's going on, about the vibe of uh, the club. Not that I've, I've been in there, but you just from a, a different perspective from yeah. what they read in the media. And, um, no, I, I really enjoy those speaking engagements and, um, yeah, hopefully get invited back soon. Because you go to the – I've been to a couple, and you go to the, the, the wet mess, as they describe, where they can have a few beers, and then you've got uh, – it's sort of separated and the, those who are on the other side who are having a smoke and they're yep. over there and then there's these – and they divide themselves. And, and I've done some functions where they're absolutely jam-packed and you can't move and they're loving it and they're having a great time. Yep. And you've got others where they all sit 
They don't want to be annoyed. And as you say, they've just done the 14-hour day. They're working two weeks in a row, and they want to sit as far away from a microphone and a speaker as possible, and they just yep. stay in their zone. But oh, that's fantastic. And and the direct flight, you would have been there, what, hour three quarters? <laughs> yeah, well, you'd think so. But uh, we, we were 15 minutes out. It's about an hour and a half flight. We are 15 minutes out of arrival to the mining camp itself, and uh, a passenger... A patron on the flight. Worker. Worker. Um, had a bit of a faint. Oh, no. Bit of a faint. Had, uh, it, it, I'm not sure, but it was, a, it was Wednesday, so it wasn't much on the day before, was it? Oh, Melbourne Cup, there was. <laughs> and uh, oh, I like soon found out that he was in the camp field. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. So instead of dropping us straight down and, and getting, yeah. getting the crew, because there was shift change, etc., yeah. they flew back to Perth. Flew back to How Perth. close were you to landing? Well, 15 minutes out. We're, we're already on the descent, and they and they elevated again and turned around back to Perth. Why oh. did they have to do that? Why did they just land and make him, you know, make him put a, give him a, a bex and a good lie down? Well, just in case there was anything more serious. Uh, gotcha. To, yeah. But he was okay in the end. Well, it, it was in a bad way. Then as soon as he, we arrived back in Perth, he he jumped up, strolled off the flight, and see you later, mate. So, <laughs> so there's there a, there a, a few grumpy people on the flight. <laughs> Nothing worse. Nothing uh, worse. Especially than when you have to be at the airport at uh, at five thirty a.m. Goss. Yep. You know, I, I love. No, being on this show, it's made me appreciate <laughs> just getting up early and how good it is. <laughs> what a state we live in. It certainly is, and it was a gorgeous day yesterday too. Uh, let me tell you, uh, you, you, you walked in today. So, oh, I can't wait. Today's going to be an absolute ripper. It's going to be thirty-two degrees. I said that was yesterday, Brad. Today's twenty-four. Mostly yeah, I, I, still I, I, I still haven't caught up on the, the weather details, Goss, for certain, re- <laughs> certain reasons. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure if you – I'll believe you. If you're here, it's 32 yesterday, not today. <laughs> I'll believe it. Yes. You feel naked today, don't you? Yeah, without my phone as well. You've left your phone so at all, all the people out there tuning in this morning, I don't have my phone, so I'm not rude. Just, uh, just, <laughs> yeah, if you're texting just Brad. Just text in the, the text line. If you're trying to get a winner from a horse that raced – at Flemington on Tuesday and won the last race on Cup Day called Vespertine, owned by one K Shepherd and R Kane. And uh, we got left out. Um, and I texted you and said, what's the story? And you said, yeah, they told us. And you texted me and said, yeah, how do you reckon I'm feeling? I didn't get on it either. What sort of family have you got? Your old man owns a horse that wins on Melbourne Cup Day. They're all falutin' around, galutin' around and holding trophies up and celebrating victories. And we're sitting here penny-pinching and standing on a street corner trying to make coin. Should have put two and two together, that. They have flown over to Melbourne for the last race at Flemington, and they reckon there's no chance. They, every man of his dog flew over there for that race. So we, we, we shouldn't have been so naive, and we should have followed what, what everyone was doing. And it got up at $7.50 to one. So they all had a great night by the sounds of it, but you would have thought that someone as close as even a family, that the, oh. the, the, tip, the hot tip would have been thrown out. I would have thought so. We're in this Toolkit Depot studio. The Toolkit Depot open line is open, 13 12 55 736 uh, Coming up, James Sully Sullivan's over in England for the Rugby League World Cup. Of course, we're down to the business end. Ian Healy's going to join us. Big day for Australia, of course. He's the former Australian keeper, part of SEN Queen and co-host of Pat and Heels up there. Matty Green, big weekend of festival out at Lilac Hill, Festival of Cricket at Lilac Hill. Matty Green from the Perth Scorchers will also join us. And Jed Buzzlinger in the studio. This is a boy from Busselton, uh, East Perth Football Club, and uh, high hopes of being drafted. And we're led to believe he's uh, very much being looked at by Joel Selwood and the team at the Cats. Now, Roy's a regular. He's given us a call on the uh, Toolkit Depot open line. Roy, good morning. Brad Shepard is here. 
G'day, guys. G'day. G'day, Chef. How are we, guys? G'day, Roy. Hopefully you got on French martini yesterday as the ascot. No, we didn't, Roy. What would you like to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a couple of things I wanted to uh, ask. I was talking on um, SEN Melbourne about the barbecue etiquette um, and the ch- the guy that brings the ch- cheap beers and drinks the uh, drinks the high high quality right. stuff. Right. Yep. And then and this um, brings the snags and eats the chops. Yeah, so 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 that's um, a, that's a regular thing. Yeah, well, I, 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 mate. Um, again, just repeating, been a long time since I was invited to a barbecue. <laughs> no one rings. Phone doesn't ring. And and every, uh, only ever um, rings when people want something. Tickets to games. <laughs> Go ahead, Roy. And, uh, and another thing about the Wildcats last night, I was watching on K- uh, on KO and um, saw the big bottle, bottle, the big heads, and I saw Dennis Cometti. I thought surely somebody in WA has got a Tim Gossage big head that can stand, sit behind the um, sit yeah. behind the uh, was net. Yeah, that was it, it was. It was. It was sitting courtside with his headphones on, calling the game. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, alongside uh, Big Andrew Flahov, you want to, you want big, you want big heads. That's the world's biggest head, right there, the big ox. Uh, mate, let me tell you. Um, yeah, but Dennis Committee, I think he's still the number one ticket holder for the Perth Wildcats. If I stand correct, I'm pretty sure he still is uh, the great man, DC. Uh, yeah, they were pretty ordinary last night, Roy. We're going to touch on that, of course, after eight o'clock in the Wildcats hour. Uh, let's hit the line, John of High Wickham. A morning, Goss. Uh, watching the Wildcats last night. Too many passengers in that. Team, I feel sorry for Bryce Cotton and everyone on his back. Brady Manick, he's got to go. Disappointing, John and Five Wickham. Disappointing, yes. Um, uh, I, I, we interviewed post game yesterday, uh, Ship last night. They were disappointed, but they led for three quarters of the game and got rolled in the last quarter. So I, I don't know what that is. Bryce Cotton um, was exhausted by the time the game got after half time. He had 20 at half, finished with 26. They did a job on him, a guy called Kenyon, who was like a second skin uh, for Bryce Cotton. They were disappointing. 9,800, I think it's a terrific turnout. And, uh, you know, you, you'll read it differently somewhere else. But I'll say 9,800 on a Thursday night. <laughs> it's Thursday night and mm. the game didn't start till 6, 6.40. Mm. So, you know, people aren't getting home till 9 o'clock. So I'm not exactly sure it's uh, user-friendly, but that's not the Wildcats' fault. That is the NBL for fixturing that way. So, look, they were disappointing. They've lost five in a row. It's been a long time since the Wildcats have lost five in a row. They've got to find a way. Um, I wouldn't be blaming ownership. Uh, maybe we'd look at the coaching and, and, and execution on game night. But uh, they're on a plane to Adelaide today and they've got to bounce back tomorrow in Adelaide against a team that's coming off a big win. So that's going to be played out in the Wildcats' between eight and nine. So they've they've down on confidence. Yeah. They're lacking that killer instinct. The yeah. Wildcats of old would have yeah. been if they're in the game in the last quarter, the Red Army would have got them home. But with besides Bryce Cotton, I'm uh, I'm, I'm interested to just have a chat about Luke Travers. Yeah. About how's his impact this year? You know, he got drafted to the NBA yep. last year. Yep. Everyone thought he was gonna come of age and Luke Travers is going to come back and dominate. Has he been as dominant as what you think? No way. No, no, he's way off the pace for for where Luke Travers can be. I mean, he's he's a, such a talented player, but he's where the whether what what part he fits into that team. Um, in simple terms, you can't blame Luke Travers. They are they are a one man show as it stands right now. They yep. absolutely are. 
Uh, Corey Webster last night didn't hit a field goal, scored one point. He's meant to be the alternative when Cotton's not there. Um, his body language was poor last night. It was poor, and it's not acceptable. You can't drop your head. But that's not that's not on anyone else but Corey. That's not on coaching staff if you can't hit a bucket. That's just that's on execution. He was zero from six from the field. They were disappointing last night. They were they were really disappointing. They play, but they played a, a team that's going to cause a lot of grief throughout the year. And I had written them off. I thought there is no way that Tassie can dish up the same as what they did last year. But Scott Roth's a superstar coach. He's a superstar coach. They play hard. They play to the end. They don't. They, they were eleven points down at one stage, and they just kept on coming. And they had Josh Majette. Uh, Tassie are a good side, and they're going to have a pretty good run at home going forward. Uh, a couple of other things. Jacko from Burswood after five straight losses. If the can't the cats uh, cats aren't wild, they must be pretty bloody angry. They are. They are. And again, I want you to listen. After 8 o'clock, uh, if you are interested, the Wildcats Hour, and we're opening up the lines this morning, 13 12 55 I want to say this, and I wasn't going to get involved in this, but I'm going to say it. Some Wildcats fans got on social media last night, you know, and they're constantly calling for the head of Craig Hutchison and the ownership group. I don't know where that fits in. I don't know what Craig Hutchison can do for the team that's 0-5. He didn't recruit any of the players. He puts people into he's – he's a part of the structure that owns the Wildcats. He doesn't own them whole as well as. Yep. Simple fact is I've never known more pushback against one individual and an ownership group for a lack of success on court. Because I don't even know, apart from Paul Smith at Sydney, I don't know who owns United or Phoenix or Tassie. I don't even know who owns the t- other teams. So Wildcats fans are just looking for scapegoats. They've been spoiled rotten. Hashtag Red Army are very loyal and they've shown up in great numbers. And I thought last night's crowd of 9,800 was a great turn up considering they've lost four in a row. They're playing a low key team like Tassie. They're not, they weren't playing the Sydney Kings or they weren't playing um, Melbourne United who are two of the arch rivals. 9,800 on a school night, fantastic turn up and you don't get that anywhere else in the league. Fact, fact, hashtag fact. You don't get that anywhere else in the league. End of story. What I will say is Wildcats fans, Call. The lines are open. And for some people that are on social media who think that I am going to protect Craig Hutchison or the Wildcats team or whatever they may be, listen after 8 o'clock. We are going to play everything that happened after the game, the interviews with Scott Roth, Josh Majet from Tassie. You're going to hear what they have to say about what happened last night. And Mitch Norton, if you didn't listen to the Wildcats live last night with myself and Andrew Vlahov, have a listen after 8 o'clock with what Mitch Norton said literally minutes after the game. We will not just say nothing. We are open. We are transparent. 13 12 Yes, this group owns this radio station and owns the Wildcats. But we have a job to do to report the facts. No one's being protected here. The Wildcats have been disappointing. If you really want to have your say and you want to have access to on air, don't be gutless and hide behind social media. Don't be gutless and hide behind anonymity. If you want to attack people personally and want to attack a team and you have reason to uh, have a say, 13 12 55 will be the number. In fact, that's the number all morning. I'm laying down it. If you want to ring 13 12 55 and if you want to call now or you want to call after uh, 8 o'clock, please do in the Wildcats hour. What I will say is John really said this last night as we go to the break. On this day right around the corner, this is Shep and Goss on Friday morning. Yeah, like like it, the team is disappointed in the way that we play but this is where you really find out what a team is made out of is when you rattle off all those statistics about the losses. We, You know, if you truly believe you're good, you'll be good at some stage. Now, if you get sidetracked, 
then it starts to fragment. But right now, like anyone that was at practice yesterday, we had a great practice. And as I, you know, you're putting drops in a bucket and that's going to pay dividends at some stage. a good basketball team when we get critiqued the heaviest. As I told you guys the other day, like we're going to keep chipping away at this. And as I said, I believe in your work ethic behind the closed doors gets rewarded at some stage. And we're doing a great job at practice and so forth. So it's just keeping that belief and where we're trying to get to. You know, but right now we're not a good team when we show up on game night. Pretty candid stuff there from John Rilly post-game last night. The Wildcats beaten for the fifth time in a row. Just uh, something out of social media. And, of course, I know you're not on Twitter shit, but uh, we've got some music in the background. Probably could get rid of that. Thank you. Um, uh, Andrew Harmon is the name of the gentleman who says, uh, and and he's a bit of a hater, and that's okay. I get that. He says, I don't blame you for not wanting to bite the hand that feeds you. We all can pick and choose when to have balls to call a spade a spade. True fans have the guts to call out when they see their club's legacy is being tarnished, not staying silent. So clearly Andrew's not listening this morning and to what we've just said. The lines are open, Andrew. If you want to call 13 12 55 um, and hide behind a fake emoji, uh, then that's okay. Let's go to the callers. Binch is online. He wants to talk about the Wildcats. Ben Chicken, good morning. Morning. Yeah, um, watched, I've watched the Wildcats for many years and um, just they've got no one to shoot the ball. Apart from Cotton, no one else can put it in. 26 points a game and no one else goes close to it. Like they're expecting their oldest player to get the second highest score. They just can't win like that. Yeah, good. it's a good call, Ben Chicken, and thank you for giving us a call. 13 12 55. Uh, The answer to that was uh, in the commentary last night with Andrew Vlahov, and we commentated all the games. Andrew Vlahov said the, the issue is that they run the clock down and then all of a sudden they go, oh, well, what's plan B? Well, plan B is throw the ball to Bryce and do something magical. They've got to they've got to have more alternatives than that. And that's just lack of confidence and lack of execution. Lisa's online from Allenbrook. She's a regular. She's given us a call about the Wildcats. Lisa, good morning. Morning, Goss. Morning, Shep. Good to hear you on, on air, Shep. And Shep, just quickly, yep. um, Goss called you a superstar this morning and just bottle that, mate, because he that, those words don't come lightly to Goss. Uh, I, have, I have bottled it. It's, it's made me feel seven foot tall this morning coming into the studio, so it's very, very kind words from Timmy Gossage. <laughs> Sensational. And just on the Wildcats, you can't blame Hutchie, you can't blame anybody. It's the team. And just listening to that coach... He, he is not inspiring one iota, that coach. And boys, rebounds, non-existent. They're the worst in the team. They don't follow their shots. Their um, passes are so sloppy. And it's just, um, yeah, they, they, just, they just haven't got it this year. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. And as you said, Goss, their body language is just... Awful. Yeah, well, not all of their body language, but that seems to be the messaging. Good on you, Lisa. There's Lisa, bad, mad, passionate uh, fan of all sports here in WA, and we appreciate her giving us a call. You can join in too, 13, 12, 55, and don't forget the Wildcats Hour comes up after 8 o'clock today, and you'll hear from uh, Mitch Norton post-game. You'll hear from Scott Roth, and also, of course, uh, from Josh Majed, who was the difference between the two teams last night. He was a, a genuine superstar. But let's do this. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. 
Let's hit it right now. We're going to get through this. It's November 4. Happy birthday if you're celebrating a birthday. Lots of famous uh, times and places that you're celebrating with. US actress plays Marie Baroni, Raymond's mother. Passed away in 2016 when she was 90, but Doris Roberts people would know. Hey, Barry Crocker, still going strong. He's 87. Whoa, Susie, yeah. Barry. Rhyming slang for? Shocker. Correct. Big Barry also was the singer of this. Neighbours. A lot of people don't know that. Everybody needs good neighbours. <laughs> Look at you. That's a lot of Hey, Loretta Swit's still going strong. She's 85. Hot Lips Houlihan. Mash, of course, between 72 and 83. Loretta Schweed is how her real name is, but she changed it to Sweet. Hey, born on this day, 1947, he was one of the men, of course, uh, who passed away tragically age 74 earlier in the year, a WA sporting icon, and um, he was just, it's been a horrible year for Australian cricket and past champions. Rod Marsh was born on this day in 1947. Well, that's a beautiful take. That's a great combination from the pair who've done so wonderfully well for Australia over the years. Lily to Marsh. Well, yeah, really absolutely. 61 today, the Karate up. Kid. Sean Coombs has gone by P. Diddy, Puff Daddy and Diddy. He's 53 today. This gentleman became an Australian citizen. Now, just be remembered that he was... Australian icon in regards to the music industry, but it was just 1994, November 4, that he became an Aussie in the true sense of the word. JPY! Come on, shit. Wedding song for you, mate. When you and Elle get married, this is the song. Do you like this song? I love it. In 2008, Barack Obama was elected the first African-American U.S. president. If there is anyone out there who still doubts that America is a place where all things are possible, who still wonders if the dream of our founders is alive in our time, who still questions the power of our democracy, tonight is your answer. Barack Obama on this day made his acceptance speech Friday, November 4 is the day. Happy birthday. Uh, just hit the uh, text line, of course, and John from Glen Forest. Good on you, John. Sounds like some of the dribblers on Twitter lost half their pay packets gambling on the NBL last night. They're not playing well. No big bodies crashing the boards. A lot of players out of form. True fans stick. But a lot of those ones who are making comments, and Andrew Harmon is one of them. Scott Thomas is another. I'm going to name them because they're quite personal. They've got out there and attacking people personally. I will say this. They're not true Cats fans, and some of them are Fremantle fans, and and frustrated by not being able to win anything. Uh, let's go to Alex of Northlake. G'day, Alex. G'day, Tim. Just some observations regarding the Wildcats. I think that they're um, constantly being out-rebounded, which, yep. as you know, in basketball, if you're out-rebounded, you're pushing the proverbial uphill. Correct. In offence, Manick and Thomas are setting good picks 
up high of rolling to the basket with creating mismatches. But our ball carriers are not honouring their, their below post-up moves. Mm. And the Blanchfield is badly out of form. And yep. Sherville and Harris should be getting some of his time. Yep. Luke Travis should be starting. Holding him back is a nonsense. When Luke's on the court, good things happen. And Mitch Norton needs to make the ball move. It, it seems to get stuck with him. And uh, Greg Popich, his famous um, San Antonio Spurs coach, is a great believer in keeping the ball moving quickly. Yep. And Tasmania did this very well, whereas we end up with the ball sticking. And Mitch Norton only getting one assist is just not good enough for a point guard. You're a leading point guard. Absolutely. Creating the play. Yeah, absolutely, Alex. Good on you, mate. Thank you for your call. There's Alex from Northlake. Uh, he, he makes a lot of valid points here. And one thing Tassie do, they swing the ball around the court and the Wildcats were very stymied. But you've got to give credit to the opposition at the same time. They lost last night. They're hurting. They're on a plane to Adelaide this morning. They play tomorrow night. They play a team that won last night. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Um, Just on that, Goss. Yep. So the Wildcats evolved. The DNA is on the defensive end of the court. It's about hustling, it's yep. about attacking the ball carrier, crashing the boards. From the offensive game, it flows from that. If they can't get the defensive part of the game right, then it's hard to transition it down the other end. Fieldo from Bunbury listening down there. Goss, your face at the end of the game said it all. Wildcats need to make some big calls with their roster, otherwise nothing will change. Just looks like there's no heart and definitely missing the Bulldog-type defence that Damo used to bring. Fieldo, I reckon they're having a long, hard look at themselves and also their roster as we speak. It's 28-7. to 7. Let's get some news. Thanks to McCafe. Try the best ever McCafe blend. Roasted in Melbourne. Keep the calls coming. This is Shep and Goss. Good morning. Welcome back. Friday breakfast, SENWA, right around Western Australia. 13-12-55, Toolkit Depot open line. We're not shying away from the Wildcats losing five in a row. And for those who are sitting on social media saying that we don't want to be careful of don't bite the hand that feeds you, well, you only have to listen to the show so far. And uh, we're calling a spade a spade. 0487 It's time to do this. Chris Clafunas is in the house. Good morning, boys. Good morning, Chef. Welcome back. Enjoying the uh, the Twitter banter that's going on between you and some of the, well, I was about to say Wildcats fans, but they're, they're not, not Wildcats are they? fans. No. Frustrated Frio fans who are also looking to blame some another another team for underachieving. <laughs> I love Fremantle. I'm a big Fremantle man. So am I. But they're the same I mean, people. They're the same people, mate. They're the same people who all of a sudden the Wildcats get on a loss. They think, oh, this is our chance to attack the new owners of the Wildcats. It's okay. It's a game of basketball. It's a long season. They'll be okay. They'll be fine. Um, Go on. I spoke to a lot of salty West Coast fans this year as well, though, didn't we? Yeah, but they've got four premierships, mate. There's a bit of a difference. <laughs> no, not another one anytime soon, though, I wouldn't have thought. Australian captain Aaron Finch faces an uphill battle to play in the game against Afghanistan tonight. He's probably almost definitely 
not going to play is Aaron Finch. I can't believe where all of a sudden Aaron Finch has gone from a bloke we want out of the side. He's to the saviour. We need him. In the team. Well, he's yeah. in form now. He's in form. He's <laughs> on the back of 70-odd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. It's what he does, the great Aaron Finch. So he'll be, uh, well, he'd be good against Afghanistan. But we'll watch this space and see what happens tonight. Cam Green will come into the side. Uh, for the Diamonds, Danelle Wallam, she dominated once again in her second test, shooting the Diamonds to a series sweep over England. She finished with 25 goals from 26 attempts. It was a maiden start for the Aussies and we won 57 to 53. That completes the Diamonds 2022 schedule. Mm. The 2023 brings on, of course, the World Cup in South Africa. I've got to remember, they, they lost their first two games against New Zealand for the Constellation Cup. They came back and won the two and then, so they retained the championship because they were the holders of it. Yeah. The series was drawn to all. And then they beat England and they were calling for the coach's head after the two losses in New Zealand. It is amazing how the sporting pylon happens after a couple of losses. Did you know sporting teams can lose? Did you know that, Shep? Yeah, you know but not teams, if they're any good. You know, <laughs> if you're a good team and you lose, all of a sudden it's someone else's fault. Go ahead. Yeah, it happens all around the world. It doesn't it's matter what incredible. sport it is. Arsenal lost to PSV Eindhoven uh, last week, and everyone is calling for Mikel Arteta to be sacked mm. after one of the best starts they've ever had. Speaking of Europa League action overnight, Arsenal won 1-0 against FC Zurich. Manchester United won 1-0 against Real Sociedad. That puts them into a playoff to reach the next stage of the Europa League. Fun thing about that game, they put uh, their star defender, put that in inverted quotes, um, Harry Maguire up front towards the end. They brought him off the bench and put him on as striker. And our man, our girl, I should say, Eliza Riley, has penned an article in the West about the most popular uh, AFL players. So this is not her opinion. She's no, no. writing an article based on some facts. So, yes. so current, so not, not X, so I, my, my name wouldn't be in there? You're unfortunately not in there, oh, okay. Shep. Yep. Hang, on, then. hang on. So, okay, so yeah, this page, is from a YouGov. It's on page 74 and page 70. Rightio. <laughs> <laughs> Same article. <laughs> they had a bad day of production oh, yesterday. Lucky the West. Anyway. But they reckon, so yeah, so you've got it in front of you guys. I have, yeah. So, so most popular footballers, uh, according to an article penned by Eliza Riley, um, so she's got the information from YouGov Sport AFL State of Play report, which was sent to the league and club bosses last week. YouGov Sport is a global sports sponsorship and entertainment research company with a Melbourne-based team of researchers. Wow. Um, okay. Number one most popular player is Dustin Martin. I can agree with that. Yep. Lance Franklin at two. Dangerfield at three. I'm not so sure about that. Mm. Bond and Pally four. Gorn five. Cripps six. Scott Pendlebury seven. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So Nick Nat has lost his crown as the most popular player in WA. He's gone to 13 total, number 13 on the list, and third most popular in WA. If I said to you third most, third in WA. So there's two more popular players, according to this uh, very credible report, YouGov Sports AFL State of Play report. Yep. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> say, so Eliza Riley's done the article. So this is not Eliza's opinion. She's only reporting the facts. So let's just get that right. Facts. Nat Fife is the most popular player in WA. Spare me. Spare me. Jewel Brownlow medalist. Doesn't make him popular, mate. Captain of the Dockers. No, I'm sorry, no. I'm surprised he's not beating Dustin Martin, to be honest. The second most popular player in WA... Is not Nick Nat Nui, but coming in at number 11 overall and second most popular in WA, Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah. Please. 
future captain of the Fremantle Dockers. Please. Future Brownlow medalist, I would have thought. Popul- AFL popularity. player. So, so is it on-field on football or popula- popularity just in the society? say. What? Oh, he's a big personality, is Andrew Brayshaw. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. He's um. You never you never oh, don't see oh, him out and about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, I definitely don't bump into him as much as of what I, I would like to. It but, might be based on form. I don't. Oh, know. exactly. Well, I think uh, it can't be Justin Martin's number one. Like Nat Five's number Testament eight. Testament on Nick Nat Nui. Wherever he goes, he gets stopped and he gets about 100 photos every minute of the day. So if he's not the most popular person in WA. Yeah. To be fair, he is the most popular person for the West Australian. Like, that's without doubt, right? With, for the West Australian newspaper, yeah. they're obsessed with Nick Natanui. Yeah, they, they Maybe that's not reflected in the public's eye. Well, no, well, According to YouGov. YouGov Sports AFL State of Play Report. Yes, that's, sorry, yes. So that's what it is. So if you do you agree or disagree with that? Who is the most popular footballer in Western Australia? See, I, I personally think Nick Nat is head and shoulders above anybody else in regards to popularity. Forget about whether he's been injured or whatever, but just his popularity and as and, and as a as a unbiased non Eagles non Frio fan, then I would say that Nick Nat's a standout, absolute mm. standout. Now I'm not talking about resume, football resume, which makes Nat Fife clearly the best. Yeah, true brown lows. Impact on the community is what. For me, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised about that list, but again, it's here before us, and it's an article on page 74 of the West Australian by Eliza Riley today. What do you think? Give us a call, thirteen twelve fifty five. So Nick Nat, third most popular. That's uh, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, he slipped. He slipped. Mm. It's mm. fatherhood, you know, um, not no, as popular anymore when you're a father. No, no, disres- <laughs> no, no disrespect to uh, the list, but coming in at number ten, yeah, the most popular AFL footballer. Jack Revolt. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, yeah, I like yeah, fair Jack. Enough. Well, Richmond got a big supporter base. He's on a lot of footy shows, so his face is in the public. Good SEN man. man. Good yes. SEN man as well. So not, I'm not so disgruntled about that. A little bit surprised that uh, Andy Brayshaw's Pipnick. Nat Fife's got a big brand in itself, so I can see where, how Nat Fife's and a dual Brownlow medalist, fair enough, but... I would have thought Nick would have been potentially potentially in the top ten. He's got a big presence over East as well. So, um, yeah, a little bit shocked. But, you know, who, who's for me to it's sit a here? Pile and of poop. <laughs> that list, I'm going to say. And to question that report. To question it. I'm not, rep- I'm not questioning the article by Eliza Riley, good friend of the show. I'm questioning the list. It is a pile of absolute bottom-wiping paper. That is rubbish. I'd lo- I would love to <laughs> that know is rubbish. How they've the, got those the rankings n- of the WA media per- personalities. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you reckon you're getting the top ten, top five? No, not even close. Oh, think, it would be close. No. Well, I'll nah. give you some... Throw in a couple of statements to get your front no, page, I don't, okay? No, oh, no, thank you. A couple of headlines. No, Let's no, try thank and draw you. out a couple of headlines from you. I don't want to be... No, I don't need to be. If we're talking personalities... I'm what, that you're a personality. Okay. I'll give you... I'll, we'll go to a break. <laughs> we'll go to a break. And we'll do our top I'll 10 co- list. I'll come back with my top 10 list of WA sporting media sporting personalities. Should we ask Miles Fitzner as well? Put Peter Vlahos in the top 10. <laughs> he might be in the top 10. It's 17 away from... Uh, we've still got um, James Sully Sullivan to come as well. All that and more. This is... This game... This this show has gone completely <laughs> off the rails. 18 degrees heading for a top of 24. If you want to see that article, it's on page 74 of the West. The list of most popular footballers. Martin, Franklin, Dangerfield, Bontempelli, Gorn, Cripps, Pendlebury, Fife at 8, mm-hmm. Petraka, Revolt at 10, Brayshaw 11, mm-hmm. Nat Nui at 13. This Too is high. Ship and Goss. Good morning. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top 10. What is that? 
Okay, something to do with top ten, that was. Uh, it's just out of my wheelhouse, out of my lane, that. Hey, we're talking uh, on 131255, uh, the Tookie Depot open line, or 0487736736. That threw me. I have no idea what that was. 17 away from seven. Uh, so on the back of Eliza Riley's article this morning in today's paper, uh, the most popular footballers, of course, and uh, it's got five at eight nationally. It's got – and this is not her opinion. This is according to – have a look down here. UGov Sports AFL State of Play report. So popularity: Martin Franklin, Dangerfield, Bontempelli, Gorn, Cripps, Pendlebury, Fife at eight, Petraka nine, Revolt ten, uh, Andrew Brasher eleven, and Nick Nat thirteen. So, so they've got Nick Nat as the third most popular player in WA. I, I don't agree with that, but that's just that's the facts. So that got us thinking. You've asked me to throw down just quickly in a very short ad break right there that I have to put in my top 10 WA football media. Pundits. Yeah. Well, they're not, yeah, not so much pundits, just their, just their profile. So it's, a, it's not an easy thing to do. And I haven't gone and got the research. This is one man's opinion. Um, and these are people I've worked with and these are people that I know and these are people I've had falling out with and these are people that... I have no interest in, and they do their thing, and I do mine. So it's not no disrespect. I don't work with a lot of these people, but I have worked in the same area. So this yeah. could go horribly wrong. You say you've had no preparation, but I've just seen you pull out a serviette in your back pocket, mate. <laughs> this, this list, as if so I did you, this you, last you, night. You've been waiting for this question for a long time. <laughs> I'm interested to hear okay. your top tenner. Yeah, well, there's a couple of notable omissions, and I might get to the notable uh, omissions at the end, and people will go, well, why? So if you want to hear my list, please have your input. I'm happy to have your input. This is my opinion, okay? And it's only worth... Right. So, And first and foremost, I'm not in the list. Whee. So third person self-congratulating. No can do, big brother. So stick that Hutchie and Pickers and whoever's doing the show on Saturday morning. You can uh, take that and smoke it. At number 10... Adrian Barrage. So yep. m- massively, f- uh, c- can you give us something in the background, like something that's half decent? Like, like stay with us, boys. Stay with us. Okay, Adrian Barrage I've got in at number 10. Yep. Solid performer. Doesn't break the stories that he used to. Has a slightly different role at Channel 7, but still a very good operator and does work for the Powerhouse 7 Network. At number nine, I've got my former mate, Lockie Reed. Again, now sort of more at the... At the pointy end of presenting sport on Channel 10, he doesn't really get out and break any stories like he used to. He has uh, minions to do that. So he's at number nine. He broke that I retired a couple of years ago. Yeah, that went well. Last year. <laughs> I'm yeah. interested to know what you thought about that. Yeah, I, I was great. told your teammates, yeah, no, you? I was no, we're, we're made up. We're, we're best of mates. No, we're, we're all good. Yeah, that's part of That's the industry. You Thank can't you. hide. That's exactly right. If you've got a story, break it. At number eight, I've got Carl Langdon. I, I think Carl does a, a terrific job on radio. Uh, he's a, a terrific caller. He's been around the, the industry for a long time. So I've got Borry in at eight. Um, at number seven, I have got Xavier Ellis. Um does a bit on radio. He does a bit on TV. He's strong on social media. He's got good opinions. He's got great connections to the West Coast Eagles. At number six, and he's probably a bit low, but he's going with a with a bullet, and that's Ryan Daniels. I think he's the best newsbreaker in WA. But I'm talking about the overall appeal to the industry. Um, again, just a, a terrific young presenter. 
has got high acclaim in regards to the network. He works for it in Channel 7, and I think he's just a, a quality person and a, a quality operator. So Ryan Daniels at six, but could easily be in the top three. At five, I've got Mark Duffield, and probably should have him a bit higher. The West Australian, he was there for a long, long time. He's a great uh, recruit of ours. He's coming in on Monday, starts Monday. Yep. Eight to ten, Monday to Wednesday. Can't wait for Duff to be joining the team officially. At number four, um, I've got Dennis Cometti. I, I know he's retired, and I know he doesn't comment and I know he has a little – I think he has a column in the paper and he does a bit of – he spasmodically appears. I still think he's held in such uh, high acclaim for what yep, he's achieved. I agree with that. We all love Dennis. Centimetre perfect. Centimetre perfect. My top three – I've got number three, I've got Will Schofield with a bullet. I think Will Schofield's rise has been extraordinary. Now, a lot of it's been self-promoted through his own podcast and stuff like that, but he does radio – he does TV, he does online, he does a lot of hosting. He is outstanding. The only thing Will has to shed, in my opinion, is the, oh, that's the media's fault or that's the media story. He's a part of the media now, so he's got to be all in, all in. He can't be glass half full, glass half empty. You're either a media man or you're not, Will, uh, and you can't be in the past players fraternity. You've got to move on. But he's a very good operator. Very good. He's at number three. And that for a lot of people say, well, that's a surprise because they, they think that he and I don't get on. Well, we don't get on, but I still do believe he's a very good operator. At number two, I think this bloke, and I've worked with this bloke for a number of years now, this bloke is great for us at SEN, absolutely great for us at SEN, but I will say this, one of the most diligent, knowledgeable media performers in this town and I'm going to say this, and he does not pull back. His articles are terrific. His on-air performance is terrific, and I think he's underutilised and should be a special comments man in AFL football, but we don't want to lose him at SEN on game day, and I certainly don't on AFL Nation. That's Paul Hazelby. I think Paul Hazelby is unbelievable talent, and I have worked with a lot of good analysts in my time, Shep, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell you, he sees the game so differently to a lot of other analysts. And I hear a lot of analysts who have bigger profiles on the East Coast and Hayes puts them in the corner. He is so good at what he does. Now, I can attest to that, working alongside of him a couple of times throughout this year as well. He's got a very good footy brain and he articulates what's going on to the to the listeners out there as well. So I think he's uh, done a tremendous job since his playing days. No doubt. He's a wonderful performer, is Paul Hazelby. Uh, and all he has to do is bring a pen to the games to write down a few bits. He doesn't bring a pen off and he always leaves the pen behind. That's one downfall. That sort of cost him number one spot <laughs> in WA. So at the moment, and, and look, honourable mentions to, to Andrew Embley, um, Paddy Sweeney, who I think is a good operator as well going forward. But So I've, um, so I've got... Barrich at 10, Reed at 9, Langdon at 8, Pavlich at 7, Daniels at 6, Duffield 5, Kometi 4, Schofield 3, Hazelby 2. The number one, whether you like it or not, and whether he's at the coalface of sport or not, the number one profile man in town when it comes to football is Basil Zemplis. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like him, but I still think he holds... 
the number one. And that, whether it's Lord Mayor of Perth and whether it's the telethon host, he doesn't read the sport anymore, but he's still very well connected. He's a very powerful man in this town. He, he's still very much, you know, Kerry's man at, at Seven West and, and rightfully so. And he's just a, he's a consummate professional. I've, I've, I've come along the journey with Baz. Probably I was a bit ahead of Baz in regards to experience, but I will say that I still think he is the number one. And, and if people agree or disagree, but it's my list. So I've got Zemplers at one, Hazelby two, Schofield three, Committee four, Duffield five, and then Daniels, Pavlich, Langdon, Reed, and Barrich. And honourable mentions to Xavier Ellis, which I think I did have in my list somewhere. Um, I didn't have Pav in my list. So I've got Pav at seven. Xavier Ellis is, uh, is just outside. I can't read my own writing. So that list again, Zemplers one, Hazelby two, Schofield three, Committee four, Duffield five, Daniel six, Pavlich seven, Langdon eight, Reed nine, Barrett ten, and Xavier Ellis and uh, Andrew Wembley notable mentions as well. Thoughts? Well, that's a pretty strong list, but I was very, very surprised that you didn't put yourself in there. Oh, you can't put yourself the in the list. And, uh, and if Please. you did put yourself in there, where do you reckon you could have gone? Because you, you never put yourself in. You don't put, yeah, honestly, when you're doing your list, you never put yourself. But obviously, your involvement with the, the media, calling games of football, talking about, having an opinion about football, you're definitely in the top 10. And uh, you, the work you do... At SCN as well. It's been tremendous, not only footy, but you with cricket as well. The wackity whack whacker is going to be a phrase <laughs> that is going to be used for years to come. Everyone has a catchphrase. <laughs> wackity whack whack is going to go down in history. I will use wackity whack whack every game. I will find a spot for wackity whack. Well, we'll have a competition, I reckon. Where where do we where does wackity whack whack get used in the AFL Nation commentary of the Eagles and Dockers game? Where do I fit in that list? Simple Sazebee, Schofield, Committee, Duffield, Daniels, Pavlich, Langdon. Reed, Barrich, Ellis, Embley. <laughs> Three? Three? <laughs> I'm on the dais! No, I'm joking. No. I'm famous. No, I'm not even putting myself on the list. I don't even go there. I'm only joking. I was surprised you said said three. I was, I was thinking it had to be top two. <laughs> nah, I definitely got uh, Zemplus, Hazelby and Schofield are the men on the top. Do you agree or disagree? 13, 12, 55 or 0, 4, 8, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Hey, still to come after 7 o'clock, we are going to be chatting with Ian Healy uh, talking about cricket. Huge day for Australia. Matty Green, there's the Festival of Cricket at Lilac Hill. And you came in today mm-hmm. and you said, wouldn't mind going out to the... Uh, the Swan Valley to have a look at a bit of cricket. Great part of the world. It is there. a great part. I think of the we, world. we all rave about down south, Market River, the wineries, the mm, food. Mm, mm. We're good on our doorstep, yeah. half an hour away. Yeah, exactly right. Lilac Hill, it is. It's the festival of cricket. And of course, uh, Jed Busling will be in the studio. Jed is a young man who, well, many people believe will he be ending up into the AFL draft, of course, and in particular, probably Geelong. Hey, I want to mention this the par three shot of the week for the Perth Wildcats is, and I'm going to talk about this, the picturesque, shady, and Unbelievable. It's so chilled out. I'm talking about the par three golf and mini golf, of course, over there on the old Broadwater Farm in Busso. And you talk about going down south. The par three offers golfers, holiday makers, families. Um, yeah, there's nine lush, shady fairways, turf greens as well. They've got a mini golf. So if the kids don't want to play the proper stuff, the mini golf is right there for you. And it's uh, weaves through the beautiful. Do you know what a peppermint tree looks like? Uh, I do. Yes. Can you, can you describe? Can you describe? <laughs> no, a don't that to me. Can you describe a peppermint tree for me? 
Uh, negative. It smells like peppermint. Yep. Uh, real golf, holiday <laughs> pace, right at your doorstep. And I'm talking right down there in the beautiful old Broadwater Farm in Busselton. They've got the neighbourhood bar and cafe. You can just escape suburbia for your morning barista-made coffee. So real coffee, real coffee down there. Beautiful. They've also got craft beers, boutique wines, spirits on a sunny, uh, sunny afternoon. You unwind after a long week at the office. So if you're holidaying down south or you're living down that way, get to the wonderful Par 3 Golf and Mini Golf. It offers fun for everyone in the family. You'll find that at the uh, historic old Broadwater Farm in Busselton, and it is a sight to behold. So we've just put a photo up on the screen of a peppermint tree, what it looks like for you. You said to me what it looks like, but you described what it smelt like. Well, if it's called peppermint, what do you reckon it smells like? Yeah, but you said what does it look like? I don't know if you know, but peppermint um, it doesn't come in a wrapper. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, come out of a chocolate box. I, I can't physically see that it, it smells like peppermint. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Scotty we'll from Bayes. <laughs> oh, you want to take a break? Sorry, repeat that. We'll take a break. One of the three picks that they've been playing every game. Maybe maybe one of them steps aside. Green's bowling is, you know, comparable to, to uh, most of those guys anyway. And then they might just they might have the luxury of just playing that extra batsman and let maybe even let Green go into the top and, and just absolutely tee off at the top. Right. Eleven after seven, Ricky Ponding talking about possible changes with Aaron Finch, unlikely to play today. A double header, you'll hear it all on SEN Island in New Zealand, of course, at midday and then at four o'clock, the one we care about well, we care about both to be honest. Australia versus Afghanistan. Of course, Ian Healy former Australian keeper, co-host of Patton Heels on SEN Queensland and, of course, uh, one of the most knowledgeable men in the game joins us, Shep, this morning. Heels is off air from his show up there on SEN Queensland. Heels, good morning. Yeah, g'day, Tim. Hi, everyone. Uh, nice to be with you. How was your show today, mate? What, uh, what, what was the topic of discussion today? Oh, absolute gold it was today, mate, <laughs> as usual. Um, no. Oh, topic of this. Well, I think we're... We're a little indecisive in the cricket dressing room, and so too the Wallabies dressing room. So we had a good chat about those things today. The, our, the, the latest trend in sport is to chop and change whenever you like, uh, rather than settle on a team that can get yes, the job done. Yes. Um, so we're, 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 I think we're rattling the confidence of too many sports people. Uh, it's a very good uh, point you made, Brad Shepherd. Of course, uh, Shepherd, you played your 200 games for the West Coast Eagles. Do you agree? Do you reckon blokes aren't given long enough and you, know, you get one game and then you get tipped out or two games? Do you reckon you, there's not a lot of stability in sport? Well, absolutely. As, as a player and from the player's perspective, you, you want to be backed in from the, your coaching staff and you want to see stability within the team from week to week and from game to game. And when there's chop and changes, you never feel fully secured in your role, which adds another layer of pressure, which you don't need as an athlete. It is, and we're going to see that yeah, too. And you never master it. Yeah. You, yeah. you never get on top of it. Because when you, the step that you've got to take is to get your role down pat. And then you've got spare capacity to help other people, you know, and our teams aren't getting to that stage. Mm. That's a very good point you make, uh, gentlemen. That's a, a topic of discussion we could have uh, a little bit later. Let's focus on this uh, day for Australia. So um, have you done the sums, Heels? Do you understand what we have to no, do? I, no? No idea. <laughs> but but um, other than other, I liked Ireland. when I read they have to win by more than 60. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that's the that would be a good goal. But what happens if we bowl first and we get them out for ninety? That's the other side of the equation. If we get Afghanistan out for a hundred, say, how quickly have we got to get those runs to match a win by sixty or more? Um, and so so there's a second side to that. I'm not sure 
Um, I, I think we should bat first and try to rack up a big total and knock them over. Um, but it might be more effective doing it the other way, like, i.e. chasing 90 or 100 runs, if we could knock them over that fast, in 10 overs. You know, do, what, do in 10 overs what Afghanistan take 20. In the past, what has the Adelaide Oval pitch produced? And is it the best way to, to guess to get the result we wanted, talking about the net run rate? Is it to produce a flat, fast, quick pitch? Or what's the best way going forward? Yeah, good question. Because traditionally, this pitch has been a great batting pitch. Not very bouncy and very consistent and totals, you know, quite quite even you can so Afghanistan should be able to bat okay make maybe 130 or or so on the Adelaide Oval traditionally but the other night it bounced it it really did uh, skip through so it was a bit faster and a bit bouncier than normal so that's another unknown in this in this whole equation so and uh, we can't even answer that one properly Mm. um so so yeah and do you expect I'm just if... out of the car, boys. That's good. Uh, <laughs> so I think, I think again, oh, traditionally in Adelaide, it's put runs on the board as big as you can and hold on and try to defend. Uh, doing, yeah, I'm not sure about this. This what they'll do, having to play with such explosiveness. And you're concerned with a couple of players in the Australian squad at the moment, mid-tournament, going down with. Soft tissue injury. Have you ever seen that from your time commentating or as a player mid-tournaments where you're seeing players go down with soft tissue? And is that just through the amount of cricket in the calendar year these days or do you think there's something more to it? Um, I am concerned, yes. I haven't seen that much. One player at a time might, might have the misfortune of a soft tissue injury mm. when he's needed. Um, but not three, and we haven't even had Stoinis's, um injury explained, I don't reckon, but he's OK. Mm. Tim David, not much talked about him, but Finchie said he's about the same as him, which is 70-30. And, you know, like a 30% hamstring is no good. You know, at the moment, on, on the eve of playing, you need to be 95-5 to, have, to be any chance. Um, and these blokes are playing at pace, they're power athletes, Finch and uh, Tim and David. They need to be real careful. That they do. So, Heels, let's go worst-case scenario. They're defending champions. They're in Australia. They've had a change of coach. They've had a change of, you know, a, a, a mild change of personnel. How will we look back at this World Cup for Australia if we don't make at least the semis? Uh, it, um, badly. Badly. We, we seem to be... Uh, uh, out of form. Uh, we seem to be... Uh, we've drifted into this tournament because it's in Australia. We think we're, we thought we were going to be OK. Mm. New Zealand come out and belt us when no-one rated New Zealand at all. Um, so we didn't seem ready for them. It, it, it has... You know, for the numbers of games we played in the lead-up to this tournament, it still seemed we were underprepared. And uh, that's not a good reflection on captain and coach at this stage as defending champion. Well, it's funny because Simon O'Donnell, who's been doing the show down in Melbourne, of course, with Sammy Edmund on SEN Melbourne, he said quite... He gave one line about three days ago, Hills. He said, these injury concerns, his words were, well, when the animals are running the zoo, this is what you get. People don't work hard enough. Right, OK. 
Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that, that's interesting. He might have seen more than me. I haven't seen a session or anything like that. But, yeah, they don't look fresh and they don't look uh, really on top of their games. Glenn Maxwell's been a problem. I hope they, they can push him up. You know, everyone's sort of saying, get Cameron Green up to the top tonight. What about Maxwell? Let's not. Let's give him some responsibility and get him up there. Tim David could open. I'd I'd still be having Cam Green down the bottom to finish mm. off as well. rather than take on the new ball. Definitely Stoinis. He he opens the batting for mine. Um, and David Warner's got a bat longer. And then Mitch Marsh. He's been teasing us at three. And then Maxwell at four. That there's four that can get that job done and post really. Quick scores and quite significant ones. Doubleheader today, and Australia are playing Afghanistan. So let's say we win that. Can Ireland upset New yep. Zealand in any way, shape, or form today? Uh, yeah, they probably can. You know, do what Pakistan did last night uh, against South Africa and post a total, mm. and then be good enough to bowl and and defend it. McCarthy, Adair, and Little. These these are Irish quicks that have. Much, much better than any Irish critics I've seen. And then there's Camper, who has got a double hat-trick. So he, he knows how to get on a roll with the bat and the ball. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a... I'm not thinking it's going to happen. But, I, yeah, Ireland could get you under the pump and mm-hmm. keep you there if, on a good day for them. Heels, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing... Mate, you must live close. Have you arrived home? I have, yes. Well, how far away from the, how far away from the station are you? About three minutes. Oh, yeah, no, about um, you got us halfway home. Uh, so <laughs> you know, less, less than ten minutes we live. Seriously, Pat, Paddy Welsh, who does it with me, he picks me up. He lives at uh, the same suburb, South Bank. Yeah. Picks me up on the way, and then he drops me home, and he goes on to Channel Seven. So Seriously? yeah, yeah, we're we're fortunate. We're we're an easy trip into the SEN studio. You, you are. And what else? And what else are you doing your day? Hills? You're a bit like me. Do you just lie on the lounge for the rest of the day and soak up all the sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. I've got small businesses, so I go to work now. But today we're doing a lunch at the Gabba, um, where we've got some guests that we're going to take out on the ground, and cool. and with Chris Lynn and Adam Reynolds, the rugby league player. Yep. Uh, we're going to hear from them through the day and hit some. You know, have a go at hitting a six on the Gabba. Ah, brilliant stuff. Hey, good on your heels. Uh, enjoy your stuff. Uh, we don't hear it because we're on air at the, virtually at the same time, but we do get out, catch up on the podcast uh, with Pat and Heels, of course, on SEN Queensland. Big day for Australia. Big couple of days ahead for Australia and the World T20 Cup. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks. He's a good man, Ian Healy, part of the SEN crew, of course, up there in Queensland. What are your thoughts today, uh, Shep? Ireland v New Zealand? Oh, We're cheering for Ireland. Big yeah, time. we are. I can't see New Zealand dropping that one with the form they've showed so far this tournament. Um, Ireland beat England. Yeah, but yeah, but that was that was rain affected game. They still so, beat them, yeah, good, yeah, they, yeah, they still beat them. But uh, I think New Zealand uh, looking quite dangerous side. I've, the only thing is that the England game v Sri Lanka is tomorrow, so the England are going to know exactly what they need to do. To yeah, this has all been that Australia beat. Mm. Afghanistan, mm. and mm. probably the way they're going at the moment, there's no guarantees. But oh, we, all, come on, we, 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 we all expect Aussies to do Brad. well, just by how much. But um, it's set up for a fascinating Saturday, and no doubt every Australian person out there will be supporting Sri Lanka tomorrow. And hopefully we can get through to the semifinals, because I think if we do get through to the semifinals, then... I believe we can go all the way. We've got the talent there. We just need to be able to click as a team, which 
I think they've, they've been building. They've only had that one poor game initially, and they've done pretty well since. So I'm hoping they can scrape into the semifinals, and then I think if they make the semifinals, I'll be backing them to, to take out the tournament. Let us know what your thoughts are about Australia. 0487-736-736-131255. Took your depot open line. Just a reminder, after 8 o'clock, the Wildcats show, and we're looking forward to people having their say, what they think's gone wrong for the Wildcats. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, SENWA Breakfast. And if you've got uh, an email and you want to have got anything you want uh, publicised on the show, you can email us also, WA Breakfast, WA Breakfast at SEN dot com dot au. Jed Busling is going to join us after seven thirty. Jed is a young man who, fingers crossed, will be drafted very, very shortly and find his way onto an AFL list. He's got a wonderful story to tell. This is Shep and Goss for Scotty and Goss, who's in for Gillian Goss, who sometimes have Hammer and Goss. So there's a uh, there's a constant amongst all of that. On the king, just good blokes. <laughs> Show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas. Just $5 money raised goes towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. Of course, uh, next week is the Ronald McDonald Ball. Look forward to that one. Gilly is the patron of Ronald McDonald House here in WA. Uh, Maddie Green was going to join us from the Perth Scorchers. Uh, we have trouble getting through to Maddie. I think there might be a, a phone issue with Mads. But up on the weekend at Lilac Hill, Perth Scorchers play tomorrow at 1.25. It's against the Sydney Sixers in the WBBL. It is the Scorchers annual Dog Day game with fans aiming to break the dog attendance record of 60. 60 One, dogs. 60 dogs. Might have to take my little French Bulldog down. Yeah. Little French Bulldog. Little French Bulldog. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, as, little. As, as opposed to a really big one. Yeah, it's all about personality, Goss. First Scorchers v Adelaide Strikers on Sunday. The first ball will be bowled at 150. Now, this is Sunday's action is the Aboriginal match. will feature a Kambangarang Carnival Curtain Razor Games. They were as largest Aboriginal youth cricket carnival in which more than 120 male and female players between the age of 12 and 17 would participate. Absolutely brilliant stuff right there. And then on Wednesday, First Scorchers take on the Brisbane Heat. Is that up at Lilac Hill as well? Is that right? So it's a wonderful, it's a festival of cricket out there at Lilac Hill, which it says on my page right here. Now, <laughs> there's always going to be a drama. Don't let the dog off the lead because that'll be the the game will be stopped because some stupid mutt runs out, pinches the ball, and goes <laughs> and goes off into another suburb. Hey, Jed Buzzling up. Fingers crossed, Jed is awake because uh, he's meant to be joining us in about. 90 seconds time. He's going to be in the studio. He's a young man who's hopefully going to be drafted in a couple of weeks' time. Of course, he's a premier defender, key defender, and he will go in the AFL draft. He is tipped to be going to well, Geelong and Keane on him. There is a bit of a history there as well. And just just quickly before we go to the news, Shep, yep. of course, for Maccas, of course, try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Um, you were drafted, but your year of draft was different. You, they did a reverse Ordered, did they not? Yeah, so the draft in 2009, they did a reverse top 10. So they, went, they flew about 16 players over to Melbourne for the draft itself, and they did a reverse order, so from 10 to 1, to build the suspense. So they were already drafted, so everyone knew who you were going to get, because you can't... No, no, no. So I went into, we all went into the room um, not knowing who we were going to get drafted to. I thought it was Port Adelaide, because Port Adelaide had pick 8 and 9, and I went pick 7. So I went Port Adelaide 9, which I think was John Butcher... Then Andrew Moore, then yeah, but seven. How, but how did the clubs who get 
how could the two, oh so the clubs itself that they already, already, they already, already uh, had the, done. yeah already so, had so the, draft. It was the way it was revealed yep. not the actual draft process correct correct but gotcha. the importance of the draft as well but that's why West Coast yeah. such an important year the year before me uh, Nick Nat Nui Luke Shuey I was in two thousand nine so that was two thousand eight draft. I was 2009, but the big one after um, finishing the wooden spoon, or down, actually down the bottom in my uh, first year, actually wooden spoon, yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, won the spoon my first year. <laughs> but that led to getting Jeremy McGovern, Scott Lysa, Andrew Gaff, Jack Darling, Jamie Cripps, Blaine Wilson played as well. So it just, it just shows the importance of when you do have those high-end draft picks, you have to get it right because it sets your set club up for uh, the future, for the next 10 years with all those players there with, Pretty much everyone I've spoken about is almost 200-game players. Yeah, Tom Scully, uh, Jack Trengrove, Dustin Martin, Morabito, Cunnington, Rowan, Shepherd, Butcher, Moore and Melksham with the top 10 of your draft. Let's get some news away, come back. Hopefully, young uh, Jed Buzzlinger is in the studio, uh, not just for Jed Buzzlinger's... Uh, career, but also Chris Clifunas, Special K, the producer to the star. Uh, we'll take a break and come back. This is Shep and Goss. Good morning. Welcome back. Don't forget, get your friends together to share the thrill and the cost of owning a greyhound. You can enjoy the social experience of watching your dog race, of course, with your mates or members at your social club, sporting club or even workplace. You can have up to 20 owners in a greyhound. So there is wonderful opportunities right there. Let's get a break away because we're going to spend a lot of time with our next guest who's about to come into the studio. His name is Jed Buslinger and he's a young man who, fingers crossed, and I don't think uh, we'll be too too many surprises, that he will be drafted in a couple of weeks' time and join the AFL, well, I was going to say circus, but it's not a circus. It's 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 a wonderful organisation, but it's a very committed organisation. Shep, you've been there, done that. Yep. Uh, and we're looking forward to seeing how this young man goes. He was named Oz Kicker of the Year in 2012. We'll hear from that way back. He was interviewed by Luke Darcy, of course, and we'll ask him about that experience. And now, of course, on the cusp of being drafted into the AFL. Let's get a breakaway. This is Shep and Goss, 19 degrees. Good morning. Here I am in sunny Western Australia, about to meet the NABOS kicker of the year for round five, Jed Buslinger. Hello, Jed. You're going to the 2012 AFL Grand Final. Congratulations, mate. Well done. <laughs> what are you going to be when you grow up? Footy player. Footy player. And who are you going to play for? West Coast Eagles. <laughs> and guess what? Ten years on, he's in the studio now, Jed Buzzlinger, of course, and he is going into the AFL draft and there's everyone talking about what he could bring to the a team that picks him up in the draft. He's been kind enough to join us, the boy from Busso through East Perth as well. That was 2012. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. And you get sick of watching that or do you still get a laugh out of it? No, nah, I still get a laugh out of it. I've watched it a fair few times though. Probably, yeah, it gets put off a fair bit, but no, nah, I enjoy it. Who did you present the medal to on that day when you went there? So all the Oz kickers. It was 2012, so it's Sydney, Sydney Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Yeah. Who did you present? I presented it to Adam Goods. Hey! Was, yeah, it's pretty good. And then that? Um, if Hawthorne won it, I was giving it to Buddy Franklin. So oh, was, you don't yeah, mind. Either way, I was oh, pretty happy with whoever won. That? That's absolutely brilliant. Now, um, your name popped up through... Uh, Joel Selwood again recently, where he talked about, oh, well, we, we might have our eyes on a, a bloke out of WA. Uh, of course, the the retired captain of of Geelong, uh, Joel Selwood, um, a bit of a mentor of yours, and you still have uh, contact with him. 
Yeah, yeah. So through the Auskicker of the Year competition, um, Joel was the mentor at the time. So you get pretty much just a year in constant communication with him. And when he was over in Perth, he would come and see me and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I continued to play footy at a reasonable high level and um, just kept kept talking to him um, after that. And yeah, still goes today, flick him a message whenever. And um, yeah, if, if, I, if he knows I'm playing in a big game or something like that, he'll message me. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool to have alongside mm. me and yeah, probably an inspiration and motivation to keep me going and um, sort of see what it's like as an AFL player and um, keep chasing that. One of the premier potential key defenders in the upcoming draft. Have you always been a defender? No, I haven't. So uh, last year was my first year um, in the back line, sort of halfway through the preseason. We had Jai Miss, who's just at Freo now, and, and Tom Graham in the forward line and um, two pretty good key forwards. So they didn't really see a need for me down there. So um, they put me in the back line and, yeah, I loved it ever since. Um, it probably suits me and how I play um, sort of naturally. So, um, yeah, I love it down in the back line. So one of the, the key strengths of yours is reading the play and intercept marking. That's uh, there, I guess, the traits that come from playing different positions, playing up forward. So you've got a bit of experience playing at uh, league football for East Perth this year as well. How do you find playing against men? Because no doubt it's a big step up from Colts footy and, and you, you seem to thrive in that environment. Yeah, I think um, it was a really good challenge for me this year going up and playing against bigger bodies and a faster pace game um, was something that I noticed instantly. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that experience and I think it should hold me in good stead for next year wherever I'm playing. Um, and then, um, yeah, I probably took out of it just to continue to play to your strengths is something that um, I took out of it because I don't think um, if you're playing to your strengths that you'll play a very good game. So. Um, I think just backing yourself in to do what you practice um, is something that I took out of that. Absolutely. No, it's, it's well said. Well said there. So for everyone out there, they want to know, season's done. Um, you play you know, footy for East Perth. You finish on a high note. Unfortunately, you did your shoulder, so you missed the last couple of games. But talk through from when that last game you played up until now where the draft's only about a month away you try and keep yourself fit you try and keep yourself occupied because no doubt it's a it's a big um moment in your life you could be relocated over east hopefully hearing from the you as a 12 year old on that on that uh interview with luke darcy your massive west coast supporter so hopefully we can get you in the west coast but what has been the last i guess month or two been for yourself and and where do you expect to see yourself go in the, the draft or do you have a preferred club to go to yeah, my, um, yeah, probably last month has been a fair bit different to most other boys. So um, I had shoulder surgery in um, end of July. Um, so I finished my season then and um, and then I had shoulder surgery again a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I only got out of the sling last week. So um, I haven't been able to keep fit or anything like that. I know the other boys are starting their um, off-season and pre-season again, but um, all I can do at the moment is just legs in the gym, which... Um, it's not a bad thing. I don't mind that, but, um, yeah, I haven't been able to do too much. So, um, yeah, that's sort of been my last footy wise. Um, but then, um, the like last month I've just been to the national combine and had interviews with AFL clubs and, um, supported the WA boys who all did really well, probably the best state. Um, I reckon the boys competed really well mm. over there. Um, so yeah, I haven't done an awful lot 
otherwise. And now I've just got uni exams to keep my mind off. Oh, and, hello. Um, hello. What are you studying? I'm doing sports science at the oh, moment. Nice, nice. Hopefully become a PE teacher down the nice. track is, is the nice. goal. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so I've just got that at the moment to take my mind off the draft and then um, see what happens. Just touching on draft camp, so you would have spoken to a lot of AFL clubs wanting your services, but was there any particular moment in any interview that stood out to yourself that you didn't expect? Um, not really. In terms of questions, I mine were all pretty cruisy. I, I think a lot of the other boys got some hard questions and like the bizarre ones that you wouldn't think of, but all of mine were pretty relaxed and just getting to know you, continuing type of thing. Like, um, yeah, I didn't really have any hard questions. It was all pretty cruisy, but yeah, no, no clubs really gave me an indicator and how keen they were or um, if they'd choose me. So, uh, yeah, just have to wait and see in that way. Jed Busling is our guest, uh, key, key defender and uh, likely to be picked up in the AFL draft, which takes place later in the month. So what's your vibe? I know we're going to say which one do you want to play. You, you clearly barracked for the Eagles growing up still. No, I'm Geelong now. As say again? Go for Geelong now. So when I won the Auskicker of the Year competition, Joel was the mentor at the time, so he... He flipped me over to uh, to Geelong pretty quickly, and they were doing well at the time. And so, wow, that's um, that's, that's unheard of. That's yeah. that's. Which, I probably should have I've, asked that question I've earlier. Heartbroken. I should have asked that question earlier. You're being nice to him there for a brief moment, Chef, and all of a sudden he's just uh, given us a nice old clip on the way out. Uh, what's your thought process in being drafted? One, do you care? Two, do you have a feeling some clubs are ahead of others in regards to where you'll end up? Um. Yeah, I couldn't care if I was in Perth or in Victoria or wherever. Um, I think that'd be exciting to go over east and play footy over there in the home of footy um, and soak it all up amongst, you know, the big AFL clubs. But if I'm in WA as well, that'd be awesome. I'm home with family and friends. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind being wherever. Um, Yeah, I probably don't have too much of an indication at the moment where I might be. Um, Sort of bizarre. I thought by this time that I'd know some something and um yeah have fair indicator but yeah i've got honestly no clue where i'll be um which is exciting but also nerve-wracking so i just have to see on draft night um yeah wherever i am so your manager is luke morabito how many week, how many times a week do you speak to him in regards to do you do you try and get a feel yeah are you constantly sort of turning over okay i've read that such and such could go there and and you start to weave your way through the draft are you that type of uh, is that how keen you are um yeah, we oh, we're talking um, most days of a week. I think we're always messaging about something. But um, in terms of the draft, I try and try and get a bit out of him. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't tell me too much, just purely because he doesn't really know. Honestly, like mm. the clubs, it all just depends on draft night, I guess. About um, if somebody falls out of the expected spot, um, things cha- change, and um, I don't think clubs tell him an awful lot as well. So. Um, yeah, I'd love to know. I, I always ask him about what's happening, but um, I can't get too much. Mm, mm, different variables draft night. A lot of things can happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't want to get your hopes up because you could end up at a club that you don't like. You don't want to say that publicly, do you? Well, you don't, but you, if you, there's enough you can say if there's a club you just really do not want to go well, Archie to. Archie Perkins told, didn't it? Was it Archie Perkins who said, I, I'm not travelling? Yeah. I'm not going, I'm, I am not going to good leave on, Victoria. Good on him. Well, I think like, young kids and potential draftees should be more on the front foot. If you don't want to go over east, you want to go to a particular club, don't go. Save the club wasting resources on yourself and then asking to trade in a couple of years' time. So I've. I, I, uh, 
person I've known, Cyril Rioli, back in the day. He said uh, uh, he went pick, I think, 11 in the draft. He said enough to multiple clubs to not pick him up before pick 11, and he got the Hawthorne. He said, mm-hmm. I'm only going to go to Hawthorne or be in Melbourne itself. If not, then I'm going to stay in Terry Islands. And the rest is history there. Yeah, it certainly Three is. Three flags, Norm Smith. Mm, and some fallout. Yeah, well, talk about his footy prowess. His footy is superstar. So, Jed, what is the shoulder situation? Uh, is it a concern? Uh, is it okay? You go back in for second surgery. What was that? Is tidy up or it was playing up? What was the story? Come clean. Uh, <laughs> I fell down the stairs. What? About two weeks after I got out of my sling and... Um, yeah, let, put my arm out to protect myself instinctively and that was my bad arm and, yeah, just chipped the bone at the front. So had to have a different surgery, a Latigé surgery, um, which, yeah, it's all it's all good now. Um, been out of sling for two weeks and um, the surgeon was really happy with how it went. Um, should said I should get full range of motion back and um, 95% chance that I'll never have an issue with it again. So, um, yeah, I'm just go through my rehab now and do that as best as possible and then place me in the best scenario to have a good pre-season. Two questions. Who is your surgeon? Peter D'Alessandro. Okay. See, I sort of know where this goes because my wife's his PA, Bronwyn. There you go, small world. There you go. But she doesn't tell me anything, so I didn't know that. Uh, and I will say this, uh, you fell down the stairs. Um, would you like to explain how that happened? Um, yeah, I've been <laughs> asked by a fair few... Uh, a few recruiters. It's um, this is honestly the truth. I was just walking down the stairs in some ankle socks, and from, at my house it goes from carpet to wooden. Um, and I've just put my foot. Um, so on the carpet it's fine with the socks, and then I've got to the wooden ones and put my foot near the st- end of the stair, and um, it's just kept on going forward. And yeah, what's that? Backwards. What's that movie? Where the bloke comes out in the undies and the socks and slides out. Um, Risky business. Can we get risky business? Can we get a bit Tom Cruise risky business up? Because that's very much the Jed Buzzlinger type. <laughs> All right. So in simple terms, you don't care where you go. Yeah. You, do you think you'll be right to go shoulder-wise for the pre-season? Uh, middle of January is the plan. That'll okay. be back full training. So get okay, so happy, months in. Happy to travel interstate. Yeah. No problem. No. Okay. Well, Scotty Cummings, we're going to leave you with this. We appreciate you coming in, Jed, and we're looking forward to seeing how your career unfolds. So Scotty Cummings, who normally sits in this chair, yeah, with his ship's filling in for him this week. He's over in Melbourne for the races. Normally has a – yeah, there he is, uh, the top six. He has a straight six question. Um, can we write them up on the screen just to remind myself of what they are? Uh, the, the bottom line is if you were open a restaurant and you had to um, make your dish of choice that everyone would like to eat and you like to eat, what is it? What's your favourite food that you'd like to make? Uh, what are you good at? Um, spaghetti carbonara. Nice. I like, um, and I think everybody likes that one. So. Can you cook? Oh, I can cook that, but I can't cook much. All righty. What annoys you more than it should? What bugs you? And you go, gee, there's no point blowing up about that, but you do anyway. Um, oh, probably the thing that I hate the most is when, um, you're driving and you pull over to let somebody come through on like a one straight thing and they don't, don't they don't give you the wave. Yeah, so. no, give us the wave. Yeah, that's probably it. There you go. Generally, people live in Subiaco. Yep. That's the that's them. But yep. uh, golden triangle. Uh, if you've got a hidden <laughs> talent, what is it? What's one thing you can do that not many people know? What are you good at behind the scenes? Oh, um, oh, I've been snowboarding, and I reckon I'm fairly good at that. Good so snowboarder, nice. That's it. That's probably one. Something we don't know about a teammate. Give me a teammate that you've played with who's thinking something's a little bit obscure about him, and, uh, and uh, what they think. Oh. Um, 
good question. Uh, Thank you. I think Steely Green got um, electric, sh- uh, <laughs> a lightning, got hit by lightning. Did he really? Yeah. Jeez, that's that's not bad. That's that's good. That's some gossip. Oh boy. Okay, and what song gets you up and about? Jed Buzzlinger, because I don't, I think uh, you'd need to. I mean, I reckon you're a pretty chilled out character. But what's the one? Uh, this the is risky business. Now, if you haven't seen it, the guy slides in. Tom Cruise slides out. And he's wearing the socks, and this is you falling down the hurt your shoulder. What's the one song that fires you up? What's on? What's on your playlist? Um, I like. I don't know who it's by. It's on my pregame playlist, but it's called Invincible. Um. Some bad language in there, but okay, so we wouldn't play it. But um, yeah, it's probably that one. Thanks for coming in. Good luck. Uh, we appreciate you coming in at this time. Good luck with the shoulder recovery as well. You've been in great hands with Dr. Peter Delisandro, the best uh, ortho in town. Good luck wherever you end up, mate, and uh, may the cats get a hold of you because I've got a feeling that's where you'd like to end up. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Jed Buzzlinger, the East Perth boy from Busso, and he's going to go in the draft. He's exciting and another great WA product. This is Shep and Goose. Hey, we've got no time to waste, but one thing we did work out is Jed Buzzlinger leaves the studio. He's not from Bustleton. He's not for Bustleton. That is a myth, not true. Thanks for your company. Wildcats Hour is next.